Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. Well, I love that song. I love that song. But here's the part that we're gonna help us out with in here, because we sang, I'll be content in every circumstance. <laughs> if some of y'all in here, you came in discontented. <laughs> But we pray that at the end of this message, you'll walk out of here and understand and know Jaira is enough, amen? Our provider, amen? Amen. Well, uh, my bad, I talk too much. Uh, those of you watching online, my name's Al. I'm your pal. God bless you. Good to see you. <laughs> I have the honor and privilege of serving as the campus pastor at our Coral Gables campus. So shout out to my peeps. Love y'all over there. And I also have the honor and privilege of serving with the other giants as well, a part of our teaching team. Well, listen, if you're uh, tracking along with us, you know that we're in a series that we have entitled, The Lord Will. I like to call it, a, it's a, the CF version of DJ Khaled's God Did. Pray for me. Pray for me, Nigel, you gotta pray for me, dog. I told you. And so today we're gonna talk about how the Lord will provide for you, amen? Well, uh, we're gonna be in Exodus chapter 16, and y'all know me, the student DNA in me has not died. There is crowd participation involved in the reading of God's word. There's gonna be two lines that we're gonna read together. It's a little bit longer of a passage than we normally would start with, so I just pray that you just stick with me, and uh, God bless you in church, you know, you'll be all right. So here we are, Exodus 16, and I'll count us off when it's our turn to read. Oh, chip, what up, baby? <laughs> Sorry, I pray for your boy, okay. I told Pastor Carlos I was going to stop. <laughs> All right, here we are. Exodus chapter 16, starting in verse 9. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. I forgot I underlined that for us there. We'll read the last one together. Pray for your boy. Verse 10. And as soon as Aaron spoke, the whole, uh, spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked down toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, Oh, I have heard your grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Here's our crowd participation part, the second one that I missed, pray for your boy. Nice, loud, slow, together. Ready, one, two, three. Then you 
public school education, public school, I'll pray, ah, ah, pray for me. We're gonna try one more time. <laughs> we said, then you show up. Let's try one more time. <laughs> Here we go, try one more time. Ready, one, two, three. Then you shall go. I like it. Come on, 1045. <laughs> if you're taking notes or photos of the notes in here today, I very simply would love to title this message, The Lord Will Provide for You. Amen. The Lord Will Provide for You. Amen. Let's quickly go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord, we're so thankful. <laughs> I love it. Even now we sang in that song, help us to be content in every circumstance because you are enough. Father, please speak now for all of your servants are listening. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. Well, to help us illustrate this, uh, this I picture that God is going to provide for us, uh, I feel like I'm doing this all the time, but you know I'm going to start with my daughter. God bless. It has to do with my baby. And so my wife and I, we were going through, and uh, uh, before our daughter was born even, we were kind of looking at Disney movies. Parents, we know. God bless. Okay, you know. Disney. God bless it. God bless. I know. Well, so we were going through, we were looking at many different movies, and one of these movies that we saw was Moana. Moana, make way, make way. No, just me. Okay, pray for your boy. And I remember too, you know, uh, before Adelie was born, we had saw some of this movie, and I remember me and Aubrey being like, oh, I wonder if Adelie will come out with like a skin tone like Moana, you know. And those of you who see my daughter, Snow White, it's not real. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. I got to keep my ID on me. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the whole premise of this movie Moana is that the ocean, I know parents, God bless us, okay. The ocean has chosen Moana uh, to, to bring back this heart of the stone into, I think the name is Tahiki uh, or something like this. And so this young girl, Moana, she's chosen by the ocean and her whole mission, she needs to go find this guy, Maui, because he will be the provision that's going to help put this heart back into this, uh, back into this uh, Tahiki or whatever, I'm blanking out on the name and help save her village, right? So she's, she's the one chosen by the ocean. And so then Moana in the movie, she finally, she makes her way, and she sets her way out on the ocean. She's never sailed before. She's never done this. You know, so she sets out a uh, whole, like, you know, there's a line in the sky in the sea. It calls me. Oh, man, that's my jam. I cry every time. No one knows. Oh, pray for me. That has nothing to do with the sermon. Pray for your boy. So she sets out, <laughs> and she's on the ocean. And a storm breaks out. And then she goes, ocean, just crying to the ocean, help me, save me, get me to the right place. And when you know it, the storm gets even worse. And a boat begins to break down and crash. And the screen goes black. And it opens up, new scene. And Moana now is uh, on this island. And she looks up to the ocean and she's looking around and she's like, I asked you for help. I asked you for help and you wreck my boat and then send me to an island? And then she goes, you know what? That's why fish pee in you all day. So, hmm, you know, she's angry. She wanted a provision. She was looking for a provision and she's like, I am not in the place of provision that I need. So she sends out a complaint and then she hears a noise. She turns around, she looks up, there's a big rock and on the rock are all these hooks of this person, Maui, that she's looking for. And then she turns around to the ocean and she goes, 
Maui, you know, that's why I'm in the ocean, like, nah, it's, I know, parents, God bless. Just get your theological hats on and train your babies after Disney movies. <laughs> but did you see where I'm kind of headed with this here? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she was looking for a provision, and here she is in this place, like a wilderness almost, and going, no, you didn't provide, you didn't provide for me? And she was exactly where she needed to be for the provision that she was looking for, you see? And so here's what I want to get across. Here's the big idea for all of us in here today. You can take a photo of it. It's very simply as this, is that God provides, you can put it up on the screen, is that uh, the Lord always provides for his people. Here's the kicker. Even when we complain, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. <laughs> it's true. He provides for us even when we complain. So you may be sitting there and wondering, well, man, I've done a lot of complaining. I ain't got my provision. What do you mean? How do I see this? What does this look like? Great question. Glad you asked. That's what we're going to find out in our text today. Everybody very quickly, write this down as your first point. Is that, write this down as your first point. Is that God hears and knows our complaints. Let the church say amen. Amen. Now, before we dive into this text, I want to just give us a heads up. This is going to feel a little bit like a, uh, I know, pray for your boy. I'm a movie guy, but. It's gonna feel a little bit like a Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, we're gonna start in the beginning, then in the second point, we're gonna go at the end, and then at the end, we're gonna go back to the middle. All right? You're gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah, y'all like, Pastor, you're getting crazy now. I thought you got saved. Well, you need to slow down. <laughs> but track with me. So track with me. The first you have to understand that God hears and knows our complaints. Everybody look down at Exodus 16, starting verse one. It says, they, the children of Israel, set out from Elam, and the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, listen, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And listen, it says, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Let me stop right here really quickly and just explain some things. Everybody go back up, and you see that where it says, all the congregation of the people of Israel? That word congregation in Hebrew literally means witnesses. All, now listen, the children of Israel, they've been slaves 400 years. They do not know how to worship God, how to follow God. God is the one who is calling them out, who is drawing them out. And do they know how to worship him properly yet? No, but what does he call them? His witnesses. And so I wanna stop and point this out for anyone in here today that's young in your walk with Christ, that's new in your walk with Christ, and you feel like, man, I don't know too much, how can I? You are his witness no matter where you go, amen? amen. You're his witness. So even when you're in the grocery store or in traffic, God bless. Yeah, yeah, I almost lost my witness, you know what I'm I'm like, move your car. Oh, you go to Christ Fellowship. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you gotta remember you're his witness. <laughs> but then here's the next thing I want to point out because it says it's in the second month. So the children of Israel have been out of Egypt for 30 days now. Their food rations are running out. <laughs> and then they get to this area, they get to this spring, and they're like, man, it's, uh, uh, the word in Hebrew is marar. It's bitter water where they're at. So they're like, man, you brought us out here and this bitter water? And then the scriptures say that Moses takes this tree trunk and throws it into, God told him, hey, take that trunk and throw it into the water. And I don't want to get too much into it, but rabbis, they talk about this because that word of the tree that he uses there uh, is very specific, um, and it draws this picture of a, of a wooden tree like a, like a uh, cross. And he takes this cross and makes that bitter water, throws that cross into the water and makes that bitter water sweet. 
And can you think of a piece of wood or a cross that made bitterness in our life sweet? Oh, yeah, Jesus on the cross, right? Yeah, yeah, they see his provision in this light. But then they go from there, and now they're in this new area in the wilderness where God does training. Oh, what's up, Phil? <laughs> where God does our training. And so here's what I want to point this out to us. Because the children of Israel, now they've gone through this area. They've, they're, they're learning how to worship God. And remember, they're still draped in the Egyptian clothing and garbs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think about right now, there's a homeless guy in the city. And I don't know his real name. We just call him black. And he's not black at all, but that's what everybody calls him. And, uh, but one of my neighbors, he was getting rid of a suit, you know. And, uh, and it's an Armani suit, really nice shoes, all this stuff. And uh, I was like, man, I can't wear it, but I know somebody looking for clothes in this. And we see our buddy Black. And so my friend puts this couple thousand dollar suit on our homeless buddy Black. And so when he's walking around the street, you can tell somebody provided all that for you. You track it? The children of Israel have been slaves for all these years, and they're walking around in this Egyptian gold, right? So you're like, bro, somebody hooked you up. Where are you? So think about it. They're wearing God's, the provisions that God has given to them, and they're complaining. And that happens for a lot of us in here. God has taken us through so many things. You can count miracles, a miracle. A mi but in this moment in time, you're all frustrated and complaining. You forgot. But the good news is, is that God does hear and know our complaints. I need to hurry up and continue on. I didn't do any of that at 9 a.m. Pray for your boy. Verse 3. It says, And the people of Israel said to them, would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. We, uh, he, goes, he goes, we sat by the meat pots, ate bread to the a full, uh, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us with hunger. And so you can imagine, there they are, and they have this complaint that they raise against Moses and Aaron. But go down, verse 4 here. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold... And you always have to pay attention when you see that word in Hebrew. That word behold there is haini. And some, uh, and some theologians say that this is probably one of the most important words in Hebrew because every time you see this word, it points to God getting ready to do a miracle, getting ready to make some, a shift, a transition, you see? Because look what he says here. He goes, behold, haini, look, I am about to rain down bread from heaven for you. And your people will go out and gather a day's portion every day. Listen, that I might test them. But look at this. Go back and where he says, I am about to rain. Where he says, I am about to rain. All that is not there in the Hebrew. What he says is, behold, raining bread for you. So the picture is, is that before the children of Israel hit the wilderness, God was already raining down the provision that they needed. You see? Our God is one who knows and hears our complaints even before we raise them. Y'all know the verse in Matthew 16, Jesus is talking about the Lord's Prayer, and he says, don't be like the Gentiles who heap up repetition or repetition or repetition. He goes, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. It's the truth. So God knows exactly what you need and already has the provision ahead of place. And this is totally in his character. Go back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis. He told the man, do not eat that fruit. Then what did the man do? Ate the fruit. And then what did God do? What was his response? Oh, no. I don't know what to do. Nah. What did he do, bro? Hey, I am sending a seed who will crush your head. You'll get his licks in. You'll get your licks in on him on the cross but he's going to crush your head. What was the sign? At the moment that man sinned, God already had a provision in Jesus Christ. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God hears and knows our complaints before we lift them. Amen? I'm skipping all those verses. Sorry, production. But here's what I, I want to draw this picture for y'all because I talk too much, y'all. You got to pray for your boy. But here's the thing I want you all to uh, get and understand here, that God knows what we need before we uh, ask. Oh, man, no, I got to point this out. I'm sorry. So look at this. He says, you have to go out every single day and gather a day's portion, right? So in the morning, God is providing this manna. And here's what's so interesting about this is that uh, he says, every single morning I'll provide it, and by noon it will be gone. God's provision comes in the morning, and by noon it will be gone. But the thing is, is very interesting is that the people of Israel, you have to get up and go get it. Amen. God has a provision, but you've got to get up and go get it. He, he's there waiting for you in the morning. Yes. You've got to open up your Bible and meet with him. Amen. See what I'm saying? God already has a provision, but there is a portion that, yes, you have a part to play. Right? So God has that provision for us. But then look at this. He said he did it to test them. And this word in the Hebrew is the picture of seeing what you're made of. It's like a picture of cutting open an animal. I know, God bless us. And looking at what's on the inside of that animal. You see everything in the animal, what, what it's made of. And God oftentimes takes you and I to the wilderness so that he can see what we're made of. And really, it's for you and I. How many of y'all think about trials that you experienced five years ago? and the stronger, how strong you are today. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever God is bringing a test or a trial in your life, it's really so that you can see what you're made of. Because y'all can be in here right now. You are enough, more than enough, Jaira. And then you get home, you're like, oh, the light bill, Lord, ow! Oh! And you found out what you were made of. Did you trust them? See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God will take us to these areas so we can see what we're made of. Y'all tracking with me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to understand he hears and knows our complaints, even when we're in the midst of that wilderness. Makes me think of with the airlines. How many of y'all have ever had it? You've flown before, and before you take off, they say, hey, the, there's going to be a mask that drops down in case of an emergency. Put that mask on yourself, right? And, and this whole thing, it came up because... As flights were going off and planes were earlier invented, they had to figure all these things out. So then they came up uh, uh, with provision for people's complaints through experience. Y'all tracking with me? And I want to point this out to say is that our God comes up with provisions, has provisions for you and I before even a calamity, any of that stuff even happens. He's nothing like those airlines where they have to experience it and then come up with a solution. He has a solution before you even go through the experience. You tracking? Yeah, God already has that provision thought out and bought out for you and I. You have to understand and know that God hears and knows your complaints. Amen? God hears and knows our complaints. But then write this down then as your second point. Write this down as your second point. You can write this down as your second point. Is that we must remember God's provision. Let the church say amen. amen. So understand when you're complaining, he hears you. He knows. He cares. There is something he's bringing out in you. There is something he's doing in your life. Amen? But then, after you complain, watch him work. Remember his provision. Remember his provision. Everybody, very quickly, now this is the second point where we're going towards the end of the sermon, right? You know what Or the end of this passage. We're going to jump down a little bit. Everybody, look at verse 13. It says, In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, Dew lay on around the camp. Listen, and when the dew had gone up, 
there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, Mana, which literally is from where? What is this? From what? What is this from? And so they said, manna, well, for they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given to you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can get, so you can take an omer according to the number of persons, or gaga, which is skulls, to the number of heads that each of you have in your home, in your tent. And then listen, verse 17, it says, and the people of Israel did so, they gathered. <laughs> I like it. Some more, some less. Did everybody obey? Hmm, not the more. <laughs> Let's go back and look at a few of these really quickly. I have to point this out. He says, in the evening, quail came up and it covered. And it says, in the morning, dew laid on the ground of the camp. Uh, this is all extra biblical resources here, but uh, a lot of rabbis in these days, what they would say is that water is always connected to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And so, uh, because I was reading this, like, Lord, why do you point out dew came on the ground, manna showed up, dew went away? Why does he point this out? I think it has everything to do with the work of the Spirit. Anytime God is doing his own miraculous, miraculous work, the presence of the Holy Spirit is there. You can say amen, Baptist. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute, preacher. Hold on now. <laughs> but the presence of the Lord is there, amen? And so you see that. When that dew is down, that's a sign of God's Spirit at work. Because then what shows up? This manna. And what does God tell them to do with this manna? He says, you're going to collect it every single morning, right? My provision I'm giving to you. He says, you'll collect it every single morning. And he goes, but if you keep it until the next day, maggots, is in the Hebrew is what it says, will show up in that bread, right? So the maggots show up in this bread and everybody knows, oh, I gotta, gotta get rid of this stuff. You have to go and get God's provision every single day. But then there's another day that we're gonna talk about here very quickly, but before I finish that, here's the piece though. Look at God's provision. So he said, go out there and gather. And what did it say? Some gathered more, some gathered less. Not everybody's obeying. I was thinking about this. Imagine anytime we do little events here at Christ Fellowship, and uh, let's say we provide some Chick-fil-A sandwich, sandwiches, that Christian chicken. You saw the smile. The moment I said Chick-fil-A, the big smile on everybody like, yeah. I wish they was open on Sunday. Shout out to Kanye West. But how many of you know we have those little Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and then we'll go, hey, uh, we're providing for everyone, but take one. <laughs> And there are some of you in here that you'll be like, oh, okay, thank you so much for providing. I, should I take one? I'll cut it in half and give it to a family. It's okay, right, right? And then there are some of you in here where you got your one and then you get your kids like, hey, come on. Man. I'm gonna need you to grab like five sandwiches, boy. Hurry up, hurry up. Don't talk to nobody. Hurry back with the sandwich. <laughs> the children of Israel did the same thing. You see what I'm saying? But here's what's so interesting about it is that everybody got what they needed. Everybody ate and was satisfied. So I point this out to say because theologians, they look at this omer and no one knows what it is really. It's a court, maybe, a little more, a little less. No one knows what this omer is. And I feel like the reason that God has done this is because it shows his specific provision for you. Because there's some of you in this room today, you may be like, oh Lord, I don't know I'm gonna survive on $2,000 a month. And then there are some of you who are like, bro, I could do a lot of things for $2,000 a month. 
<laughs> you see, God will provide for you specifically you exactly where you are at in your chair or watching online right now. He has a provision specifically for you. And so you then need to remember that. You need to then remember his provision. Let me continue on. So now I want to explain something that's very interesting because remember, the children of Israel were slaves. They don't know how to worship God, like Pastor Carlos had pointed out. And so now look at this. Uh, verse 22, we're jumping down, still towards the end here. And it says, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, uh, two omers in each. And it says, and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, verse 23, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. It says, so they laid it aside till the morning, and as Moses has commanded them, uh, it did not stink. There were no worms. There were no maggots that showed up in this manna because God was showing them, hey, every single day of the week is yours except for one day. Dedicate it to me because I'm God over all. I'm Lord over all. So then this one day of the week is dedicated to me. And what is it dedicated in? Resting in him. Trusting in him. That's why we meet on Sundays, because we're going, God, out of all the days of the week, there's one I'll give to you. But how many of you know, he owns the rest of the week. Amen. It's the truth. He owns it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is showing the children of Israel how he desires to be worshiped in every single day and every single way of our life. And so you see, God owns the whole week, but he wants this little portion, and he's teaching the children of Israel. Now, this does make me move, because we are talking about how uh, this is... Um, global uh, for our, our campuses. And so one thing I do want to challenge us and encourage us on is talking about something that's real personal. We're giving God yours. And that's, uh, ah, I know, some money. Y'all like, boy, shut up in that suit. Don't talk to me about money. <laughs> but how many of us in here, you know, I got a friend of mine, they woke up, they can't, the alarm went off this morning, they can't get up, they can't move, they can't do none of that stuff to go to work. How many of you know... <laughs> Did your job give you that paycheck or is it God Almighty who gave you the skills to get up in there and go get that job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use it all the time. The last time I preached, I said this before. I don't know of any boss who lets you keep 90% of his money. Ooh, dang, a hush fell over the crowd. <laughs> but, but here's the challenge in here. God is going, hey, I gave you your job. I gave you that check. I gave you everything. I'm just asking for you to trust me in this light. Christ Fellowship does not need your money. If you're sitting here and you're hearing this now, like, oh, it's another money sermon, keep it in your pocket. <laughs> That's not what this is about. What we want for you is a greater trust in the Lord in your life in every single area. You're already trusting him to come here on, Monday, on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is another area in your life. So if you're in here and you're hearing this and you've never given before, just start with a dollar. Just try one dollar, five dollars. If you don't give consistently, I would just encourage you. Man, on, on the, uh, the days you get paid, just put in there, pray about it. Giving, what should I do? Dollar, two dollars, it don't matter. And those of you who give consistently, ask God if he would have you to go above and beyond. And this whole thing has everything to deal with your trust in the Lord for those, those provisions. I would challenge you, I would encourage you, those of you who, who do take that step of faith in that light to give in that way, look how he answers. How many people in here 
are, are, are those who are you've given, and you've given sometimes, like, oh, Lord, but you see now he's provided over the years. Raise your hand up high. If you want to raise them up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. And those of you who are wondering or, like, ask the people around you, like, how was it, bro? How was it? Did you get scared? Did the kids eat? They still got goldfish? Oh, okay. All right, good, good. Oh, okay, all right. Ask them. Ask them. And so that's one way for us in here that, man, we can trust God and understand, yeah, he provides for us, so y'all give back. I'll give him one day of the week. I'll give him some of this. I'll give him some of my time in serving whatever it may be, you see? And then another thing I want to help us out, this is really, 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 really practical for us, is really practical for us, is, is to remember, is to see, uh, help you all remember uh, God's covenant-keeping promises in your life. And it has everything to deal with. This is just something for our families because it's the holidays. Have some fun here. I got this off of Pinterest. Don't judge me. <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. And I'm calling it a remembering God's promises jar, remembering God's provision. And so go, you can go to any store or whatever and get one big jar, get two big jars, and fill one up with marbles and the other one keep it empty. And then the one that's filled with marbles, you're going to put in prayer, you're going to write on their prayer requests, the things you're asking God for. And then the other jar that's empty, you're going to write his provision, how he's answered. You're tracking with me? And so here you are. This is perfect for your kids or anything like that. You can go, hey, in the morning, Lord, help us to get to school safely, right? And if you make the trip there and back normally do. Take a marble, put it in that jar. See what I'm saying? And your children are going to visualize this and remember this and see how God has answered and given provisions. You can take it all. I remember one time when my parents, my mom and dad was like, baby, we got this much for groceries. We need this and we need this. They just told us, you know. I was like, oh, mom, I think I'm too young to be stressed. You know. <laughs> But she told me. And then for us as a family, we sat there and prayed, and I watched God answer every single one of those prayers. It stuck with me. It stuck with me. And so do that. Get you a little jar with some marbles. Do that. Another thing that will help you all, and this one, I mean, you got to go all in. You can go to a Target, Walmart, whatever it is. You know, those of you, your wives love Target. Or, you know, or the husband. I'm the shopper in the family. Pray for your boy, you know. But uh, so, yeah, yo, you want to go Target, Walmart, whatever it is, I want you to buy a book, a really nice notebook, really, really nice, one that will outlive you. And here's what I want you to do, grandparents, parents, uh, young adults, teenagers, students, I want you to go back to your earliest memory, the earliest memory you can think of, and I want you to think about times where you can just remember God's faithfulness and his provision in your life and begin to write that down. Grandparents, when you're like, oh, and the first child was born, <laughs> Oh, Lord, I can't remember. We prayed for this. We needed this. And he provided. Write that down. You tracking with me? Write down how God has provided all his provisions for you so that when the time comes and the Lord calls you from this earth, your family, the next generation, has a whole book of how God has answered you and, get, uh, and provided for you. Amen? That's going to be something that's visual that everyone can remember and everyone can learn. Because what did God tell the children of Israel to do here? He says, take that omer, put it in a jar, and put it in the holies of holies. And remember, the manna, maggots popped up in it every morning. 
But for some reason, when they got to the edge of Cana and they put that manna in an omer for hundreds of years, maggots never showed up in this manna. What was God doing and showing? His supernatural provision for his people. The manna is inside of the Ark of the Covenant. God's provision is a part of his covenant. He is a covenant-keeping God, and one of the things he does for you and I is that he provides for us. Amen. Even in the wilderness. Amen. He provides for his people. And so I gave you something really practical there to help you to remember how God then provides for you. Get that little jar of marbles. Write down that, get that book, and I do it this week. Don't let the week go by. If you don't do it today, make the assignment, do it Monday. Y'all know how it is, right? Once it's Tuesday, you're like, oh, Lord. I, oh, no, no, no. This is something for the next generation. You tracking with me? It's for your next generation. So do that. So understand and remember, man, remember God's provision. And then I need to quickly hurry. You can just write this down as the third and final point then. Write this down as the third and final point is that we must then draw near to God. This is going back into the middle. So number one, you have to remember, God hears your complaints. And I'm talking about a complaint, not the supplication of like, Lord, help our children. You know, we need help. I'm talking about the, man, I'm stressed, dog. It's Christmas. This one's looking. This happened. I thought I was getting a raise. I ain't get a raise. He hears that. That's a complaint. He hears it. He knows it. And then the second thing, remember his provision. Remember it. Not just for your sake, but for the sake of the next generation. Amen. That's the whole point. For the sake of the next generation. And then third and finally, you must draw near to God. And we'll explain what we mean here. Now we're going back to the middle. Everybody go to verse 9. Exodus 16, verse 9. It says, then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. Before you can do anything dealing with God's hand, you must learn who he is at his heart. Draw near to him first. James is so crystal clear with us. He says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the biggest thing that you need in this life is not a bigger car, not a bigger house. It is the peace of God in your life and a relationship with God. That is the biggest provision that you need in your life. I love it. The picture is um, the children of Israel. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus is talking in John chapter 6, and he's talking with them, and, and they say, uh, how do I do the works of God? And he says, uh, well, believe in the one whom he has sent, right? And then they go, well, what sign are you going to give us? Our forefathers ate manna in the wilderness. What sign are you going to give us that you're from God? You know what Jesus says? I'm that manna. I'm that bread. If you're hungry, come to me. If you're thirsty, come to me. You'll never be hungry. You'll never thirst again. What is the biggest provision for you and I is the salvation that we have that is found in Christ crucified on the cross. Amen. The biggest provision is peace with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you and I'm telling you that the Lord will provide for you and all you're thinking about is materialistic things, you missed it. Amen. I told you, I used that story a thousand times. I had a friend, I have a friend in California named Alan who made $900,000 a month and contemplated suicide every morning. Oh, the money don't do nothing. He needed to be at peace with God. 
That's the biggest provision that you and I have is not just that manna, but the bread come down from heaven who is Jesus Christ. Put your hope, faith, and trust in Jesus today. That is the biggest provision that you and I have. Oh, Christmas ain't about no Santa Claus. No, it's about Jesus coming in and God sending a provision for you and I, a provision. And so listen, church family, I wanna help us out in here with something real practical. I think there's something beautiful about singing to the Lord, amen? There's something about the way when we sing those things, they stick to us. Y'all ever have that where you're just walking somewhere and these songs just run through your head? Yeah, that's what I want to help you build. Those of you watching online, all that, this section right now, I want us to uh, go back in the sermon and rewatch it, rewatch it, rewatch it, rewatch it, and remember this, because I want you all to remember that God is faithful. He is a faithful God. Second Timothy tells us when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm actually going to call out uh, Pastor Sammy. Uh, come on, y'all know Pastor Sammy. That's my man. That's my man. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all, my man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Those of you who may or may not know this, when our church was in the midst of, uh, of the growth, it was Pastor Sammy and Pastor Rick at the helm that God was using in that moment in time. And so I'd ask Pastor Sammy, I was like, Pastor, just have your way and lead us in a moment. And I want us, remember this song, get it in your heart, get it in your soul. If you know the song, sing it loudly so that the next generation can hear. And if you don't know it, even just look up on the screen and follow along with the words. But this is something we want to encourage you all with, that our God is a faithful God. Amen? Pastor Sammy, have your way, good sir. <laughs> so uh, through every good and bad time of our lives, God is always working to achieve his highest goal for us. Amen. And that is for our purpose and his purpose to align, to be one for his purpose. Amen. And through every season of our lives, whether it's summer, winter, springtime, or harvest, we're reminded of the bedrock of our faith, and that is, is that God is always faithful and he is always true. He loves us, he cares for us, he's forgiving, he's compassionate and his mercies, they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness.
summer and winter and summer and winter and springtime and harvest sun moon and stars in their courses above and join with all nature in manifold witness to faithfulness great is thy faithfulness come on now great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see and all i have needed thy hand hath provided I don't know what it is. It must be that girl dad life or something. I cry. I love that song. Thank you so much, Pastor Sammy. I call him the Puerto Rican James Brown. <laughs> For my grandparents and parents in here, how about that line in that song, all that you needed, his hand provided. Now what you wanted. <laughs> but he gave you what you needed. Oh, thank God for our great provider. Amen? All we've needed, his hand has provided. Great is his faithfulness to you and I. So church family, I'm urging you, I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you. Oh, trust God and remember his faithfulness in your life so that you can pass it on to the next generation. Amen? Amen. I might see my Coral Gables people back here. I got to pray. Bad. What up, man? <laughs> oh, he's a faithful God. Never forget it. Amen, church family? Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for your faithfulness to us. God, I do ask right now for those who are challenged in this area, God, would you push them further into a place of trust in you. Those who need to trust you in the area of finances, push them in that area. Those who need to trust you just in the day to day, because today has enough on its own. Push them towards that in your light. And those who flat out do not have a relationship but need to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the real provision of all, the manna come down from heaven, Jesus in the flesh that they would trust you and give their lives to you in that light. We're looking forward to how you're going to work in and through your people, God. Help us to always remember your faithfulness when it comes to the provisions. And all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Well, Christ, man, Christ family, Christ, Christ fellowship. Shout out to my dog, Pastor Mark. I love God and I love you, Christ fellowship. 
We'll see you guys next week.